0: Podcasting from the Space Coast in Florida, this is the Dadpreneur Podcast, where we'll feature entrepreneurs, share digital marketing strategies to help grow your business, and discuss the dynamics of family and business. Now your host, Alex Oliveira.
1: Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira, and I have the pleasure of sitting down with David Perez, who is on the line here with us from Colombia today.
0: Welcome David. Hello Alex and thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah absolutely I'm super excited we were just chatting about uh, you know being entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. but also managing parent life dad life right yeah the same but but first tell us a little bit about you David as far as like your career how you became an entrepreneur and and then we can kind of dive into the the dad and entrepreneur side, the audience coach stuff that you do because you are doing so many different things that I think are going to be very interesting for our listeners. Okay, okay
0: all right. So uh, my career, um, I, I am originally a t- I was originally a teacher. Uh, I have a degree in education and I worked as a teacher uh, for about eight and a half years. Wow. And, and that seems like it has nothing to do with podcasting, but actually it does. And that's how it got... That's how I got started into podcasting. Uh, so I, at some point uh, in my career as a teacher, I started teaching online, um, and I started creating podcasts for my students to support them, like with resources and tips, and also like addressing common errors, common questions they had, and stuff like that. So I started creating small podcasts for them as a as a as an exercise or, or mm-hmm. as a tool, and eventually I started creating podcasts for myself and then for other people. And and I got to learn that a podcast is a way of both connecting with the people who are listening to you and also of educating them no matter what area you're in. So you're always teaching and you're always inspiring. So that's the same thing you do with podcasts for students. It's the same thing you do with podcasts for a business, for example, you're, you're always like dispelling misconceptions and like addressing common mistakes and helping people get to where they want to be. So uh, from this, I, I started editing or creating or producing podcasts for other people. So I got to have more and more and more clients. So like organically, eventually I needed to hire more people in my team. And now there is eight of us, sorry, seven of us, seven of us working together in, in this journey. So yeah, that's how I got here. Now we produce podcasts for uh, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and small business owners, particularly service-based business <laughs> in the industries of business coaching and health and wellness. That's how oh, yeah. we, help. we help them build an audience through podcasting and create a positive impact through their, with their voice. So yeah,
1: teaching, I mean, it's a, so technical, no matter where you teach yeah. in the world, you know, the curriculum and the, the the rubric and how, you know, testing and all of that, I bet it lends itself to some really good standard operating procedures for your podcast. I bet yeah. you're super organized and and that's important with podcasts because I think that's one of the things that people struggle with. I had a podcast, uh, 2015, 16, I did about 20 episodes, um, Really was, at that time, wasn't a passion project, was actually one of my clients wanted us to produce a series, and we did. Mm -hmm. it was actually with a, a partnership with Constant Contact. And what you find out, just like every other endeavor in business, especially when it comes to the digital world and creating content, is that there are so many layers to get yeah. it right, so many steps. And what I have found in podcasting, especially this time around, because there's so many directories yeah. and, and RSS feeds, um, if you don't create a really tight process, right? Step-by-step step to recreate each episode, it becomes really, really hard, right? To stay consistent. So talk yeah. to me a little bit about that, what you're doing with audience coach, Um, in helping people create that? Like what parts of it do you do? Is it from initial concept to launch or talk to me a little bit about that?
0: Okay. Uh, We cover pretty much all the areas of podcasting. Uh, There are like two main sides of it. One of them is the technical side some people are stressed about or scared about uh, how to use a microphone, how to record, how to do an online interview, how to edit, how to publish. So we take care of most of those things. Uh, We either process them ourselves or we guide the client through that process. And the other side is the mindset slash strategy side. Uh, and, And here we encounter, for example, which is a very common thing nowadays in the social media era, Is people start a podcast and they want to start having results or getting clients or leads (laughs) after the third episode or after the second week of publishing their show or like they they wonder why they don't have uh, 30,000 downloads in their show. So it's working on that mindset and that's what Audience Coach is doing, uh, which is the podcast we created to educate uh, potential podcasters or existing podcasters about how they should develop their strategy, how to plan their content and what the right mindset for uh a content strategy which is a podcast in this particular case what the right mindset for that is so going back to the example of teaching is just the same team uh uh structure as an education process so it's not something that is going to happen overnight it's something that is going to take a long period of time through which you will need to develop knowledge and skills Mm -hmm. and of course you're going to see the results In the long term you're not going to see any any overnight results uh so that's pretty much what we do we support people on how they can get to recorded podcasts and how they can plan and how they can spread their message and create an impact through their message as well sure and i think it's one of those
1: things right david that um in business in general uh, especially solopreneurs small business owners whatever channel it is, uh, if it's offline, like go to a conference and you get an exhibit booth and you're there selling your product or service. Or if it's on social media, you ran a campaign, email marketing, uh, driving traffic to your website. In this case, it's getting listeners and then the listeners do something. Whatever the channel, as you said, it's that sticking with it and being consistent is important. And none of it happens overnight, right? I mean, in the heyday of social media, and, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was easier to generate all that audience, bring them down the funnel, right? Today, it isn't like if you're doing social media today, mm-hmm. gone, gone are those days. Now you have yes. to run ads, <laughs> you just have to run ads,
0: you gotta. Yeah. And
1: there's so much content out there. So how do you stand out? Um, and I do feel like it, everyone is trying to do something different to be able to bring that audience. But I think it's less about the numbers, specifically talking about podcasts, the number of downloads and plays and episodes. Sure, I keep an eye on that. But I think what's most important is like every week, week in, week out, when I hear on my podcast, someone who emails me and says, hey, I listened to the episode about how to hire a web developer and it saved me a ton of time and money. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no expectation that that person is going to give me anything in return, but they're going to remember me and maybe they'll send them over to my business, my other business. In other cases, it's a, a review that they might give and say, Hey, th- this was really enlightening. I learned a lot. I was entertained. I loved your guest. They weren't trying to be salesy because. Like everything else, podcasts, you've got every flavor. Some of them are super promotional. Some of them are long. Some of them are just opinion-based. And I'm trying to do a combination of, so a lot like what you're talking about, the educating but inspiring, um, that should be the takeaway. But I do have a lot of clients who want to get into podcasting, David, but they are worried that... um, they're not going to be able to stick with it because they've tried, let's say, YouTube in the past. So Mm -hmm. compared to me creating a YouTube channel, which in my opinion,
0: it it, it takes a lot more work to do as opposed to podcasting. How would you contrast those two? Okay. Oh my God. You touched on a lot of of topics. I'm here like taking notes. There you Uh, go. Go for it. (laughs) A lot of very interesting things to cover. Okay. Let's begin with that part. You just asked me about YouTube versus podcasting uh i think overall it's gonna depend first on what you want to do and what your industry is for example a video is very effective for teaching things that are based on visual skills for example if you are working on graphic design or animation or i don't know like everything that has to do with the visuals of course you're gonna need a, a, um, a youtube channel uh, although i've had clients for example who are photographers Okay. that's a different story. Uh, Podcasting is about sharing stories and sharing personal stories. So if you need to create a tutorial, go for YouTube. But if you want to create a connection, a very deep and personal connection, go with podcasting, people are going to be connected to your YouTube video for three minutes because they go there, they get what they need, then they leave. They probably will will be connected to the next uh, episode or video. That's fine but with podcasting they're going to listen to a story they're going to feel identified with so here you're going to have people listening to you and your guests potentially for about 30 minutes 60 minutes in average some shows even go to one hour and 30 minutes two hours three hours i mean you have like so many options here on, on how long you can have a conversation for but here is a more personal um connection so it depends on what you want to establish you want to, to, to give people information to solve a problem quickly or do you want to build that very very close emotional and personal report for people to be listening to you for hours mm-hmm. episode after episode so i don't know if that answers the first question of the it does. podcasting it does yeah and and also on the technical side uh it's. I think it's easier. Podcasting is easier when it comes to the technical side because you just need to have a nice microphone. You let, you gotta learn just like the basic uh, practices for having good recordings, and that's it. Whereas for YouTube, if you are just getting started as a content creator, you need to take into account camera, lighting, and a lot other stuff. I mean, it's a lot. Um, it's a moving larger parts. set of skills. has a lot of moving parts. So that's why we recommend when somebody's gonna start creating content for uh, their businesses, for example, they start with a podcast and they start with audio only because that's how they get familiar with the skills and the equipment and the software and the technology and the steps and the workflow they need to, to get that published. And then if they wish they can move on to video, it's going to be an easier transition. And you already have all the audio skills, like every, everything you do for a podcast, you can transfer that knowledge onto videos. So it's going to make it a lot easier for you afterwards. Uh, yeah. So I, I hope that answers the questions of does. Versus podcasting. Uh, so that, that's one part, but there are other, other things you mentioned, um, that I would really like to touch on, Alex. Sure. One of them is, is how do you stand out? How do you stand out? And that's a very common question. And, and it relates to how, how do you stand out in your business? How do you stand out in your business? Because People think podcasting is usually something that is done on the side or apart from their business, but it's something that should be an integral part of their business. So how do you stand out in your business? And usually we stand out in our businesses one through uh, our authenticity to showing who we are and how we connect, particularly if you are a service-based business. And on the other side is through a niching down, if to, like, be, by becoming the go-to expert in that particular niche. So uh, for example, if you're a software developer, so you develop software for what kind of companies or what kind of services or what kind of purpose. So that will make you special in that particular niche. And that connects to the other question. So that will make you stand out on the one side, like being the the go-to person in that area. On the other side, uh, sometimes we relate that a lot with the numbers. And numbers are a very complicated thing to play with and to take into account when you are creating content, uh, particularly for social media, because that's usually where we get all, all these stats, the number of likes, the number of shares or downloads, etc. And, and it, it is about what, what game do you want to play? Do you want to play a game where you want to satisfy an algorithm and just create the, what the algorithm wants you to create just to be like go viral and have a lot of likes, but sure. contribute very little? Or do you want to create stuff or create content that is gonna help your audience and, and, and contribute positively to their businesses or their lives? It's very, very different. I have an example here. I follow a guy on TikTok. Yes, my God, oh, I, I got to the point I have t- a TikTok account now. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said I will never have one, but I, I do have one now. And, and he, he gives financial advice. Okay. He gives amazing financial advice. And his videos have very few likes and very few comments and like, like very little interaction. Sure. The quality of the content is great, but it's not what it what the algorithm likes. Sure. So those few people who connect with him, even if it's just a few people, are like really going to follow him and listen to his advice and appreciate what he's providing because it's what they connect with. Like they're not looking for a cat videos that have like a, a million views or stuff like that. So focus on the quality and how your content can serve that person. How can you serve your audience? That's the main focus here. Know how many downloads you're going to get know how many likes you're going to get, how you can best serve your audience. Otherwise, if you focus on the numbers, you're going to end up creating and doing what what everybody else is doing, which eventually will fade away as soon as the trend changes or the fat changes or the algorithm changes. So focus on, on servicing. And finally, what are your expectations? And this is very important, Alex, here is don't think of your podcast as an ad because, OK, you go on Facebook, you create an ad, you run it and you can have leads or results after like, I don't know, two or three weeks of running that ad. Mm-hmm. A podcast doesn't work that way. It takes a different process and it generates a different kind of connection. So as you just mentioned, people are going to remember you. They're going to connect with you and they're going to be thinking of Alex Oliveira, whenever they need some kind of service or whenever they need like some kind of solution or, or information. So you're planning here for the long term. The expectation you're gonna get here is to build yourself as an expert and to create uh, or, or to make your, your business a point of reference in that industry or in that area for people. Like whenever they think of something, they're gonna think about you. It can be today, it can be in three weeks, or it can be six months or a year from now. Sure. And I and I and
1: I that's a great advice, uh, David, all across. And, and I think that, you know, for many business owners, you know, especially small business owners, you don't have a huge marketing team. Yeah. And I do work with companies that have huge marketing teams and they also struggle with what type yeah. of content to create. But I, I love that you talked about quantity not being the 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 North Star, right? That that, that the numbers is not the end all. Yeah. you know because it's a way to nurture people through that funnel right that's correct and so now of course if you're putting out your content there and you're getting zero engagement like no clicks to your website absolutely nothing then you're doing something wrong all the way around but to your point if i'm only getting five likes one comment uh but i'm getting views and my audience mm-hmm. is seeing me that's then that's fine i'm satisfying that mm-hmm. and and you you start to hear that from clients and people saying, "Hey, you know what? I see your content. I see you here. I see you there." And it's interesting because sometimes you know that person, and you go, yeah. "That's interesting. I've never seen you engage with my stuff."
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Which I'm the same. I don't. I don't spend quite. I, don't, I spend almost no time on social media, and if I do, it's it's more on LinkedIn. Um, but I don't spend a lot of time engaging like i know a guy who hacks linkedin really understands the algorithm constantly he's moving with it he'll tell you you need to engage 30 with 30 different posts or people per day Mm -hmm. on linkedin who has that much time yes to satisfy the algorithm yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and put my post here it's really thoughtful it's really useful resourceful and if uh, i only get three four people to like it I'm not after that. Overall, I'm after a body of work. And what I tell yes. business owners, entrepreneurs, creators to begin with the act, and you know this from being a teacher, the act of creating something makes you better at your craft. Yeah. So it's a little bit self-satisfying that we're doing all of this because yes, someone will get something out of it right, externally. But to me, in my journey as an entrepreneur over the last 20 years, Every time I create valuable content, be it an ebook, a podcast, a video, a course, you grow from that experience yes. because if you are meticulous and, and really want to be accurate and fresh, it takes a lot of time to research the topics and make sure that you don't get called out on it, right? Right. So, so how do you, how do you do that with your clients? As far as they're an expert in wellness, let's say Mm -hmm. they're a, they're a life coach. Um, How do they, we we talked about how they stand out, but for the topics um, of the podcast or content, how do, how do you make them stand out with the type of content? So we know how they're going to stand out in their business. What about the topics? okay yeah yeah that's a great question Alex. because you've talked about titles in some of
0: your other videos and i like the way you broke it down so (laughs) yes yes absolutely uh there is a common situation in in health and wellness and i think in other uh podcasts as well but let's focus mainly on health and wellness for example and and business podcasts and it is sometimes titles and conversations are way too general so you're not going to stand out if you're talking about anything and everything in a podcast episode. So one of the ways you can uh, uh, begin to stand out is to be as laser focused as you can on your podcast episodes, because you want to find find out which uh, problems or challenges your audience has and go find that solution or research about that solution. Mm-hmm. Or if you can get the information, go get the expert that you're going to interview to provide the answers to those questions. And be uh and provide that value about that particular aspect. Because I, I say this because sometimes I see uh podcast titles, like episode titles I like go interview with so and so. People <laughs> I'm are gu- like, I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah, like we've, we've all been there, like yeah. we've all been there, like like oh. sometimes it's just we don't know, we don't know how to right. do it. We've all been there at some point or another. But try to provide an answer to a question or to provide some value in the title sure make- like 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 blogs
1: in general yes. like and in, and in, in YouTube is the same thing right that's you correct have to be really thoughtful
0: about the title otherwise you can't get people's in, in interest long enough that's, right that, that's correct it's about the interest you need to the people to 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 click the the, the 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 podcast episode and listen to it because you are competing with other media formats and with other podcast shows so make sure the title connects with the person in the first second. And also the content is, uh, is, is very tight in terms of the topic, like make sure it doesn't go around a lot of topics, but it focuses on a particular topic and uh, gives a particular solution to a problem. That's a way to stand out. The other way is, and this is very important here, uh, get yourself out of the way. And this is very common uh, because like, we're experts in our areas. And we think what we value is what other people value and what what, our potential listeners value and not necessarily, that's not necessarily the case. Many times there are a lot of things or, or listeners or potential clients need or want that we are not aware of. Okay. So if you consider something's important, that's fine. You can take note of it and maybe you might consider it for a new podcast episode, but go. Do the research and make sure if that's what they need slash want. Or if there are other areas or topics you are not aware of that people need information about. So something I always recommend is go on social media. Find, for example, a content creator or an influencer or a a company that creates content about related topics. Check the comments. Go through the comments. And there you're going to find a lot of people asking questions or complaining about stuff or providing new ideas like there, you're going to see what people find valuable, and then you can start creating content about that. That's you're good gonna advice. Gold. Yeah, you're going to find gold. Like sometimes it happens to me, I, I have a co-host in my show and I say, oh, I don't think this is relevant. And he tells me that's not relevant to you, but is it relevant to the audience? that's sebastian yes, right yes that's sebastian yes so do yeah. we go we go we, we, we check the notes like all the information we've, we've extracted from the social media comments interactions and yes that's relevant to the audience even it's not relevant to me but it's relevant to the audience so we research on the topic or we get the expert and we create content around that particular uh topic i like that
1: no i like that a lot that's really good advice really keeping your thumb on the pulse and not just yes. um throwing stuff at the wall. And I think it is a, a process, you know, no matter, no matter how many times I've done it, whether it's interviewing someone or just doing a solo um, episode, which actually, by the way, what do you personally, uh, as far as advice goes, do you, do you advise your clients to do solo episodes about their subject matter? Or do you advise them to interview people?
0: Uh, I will advise them to do both. Okay. Each each type of content format has its own uh, benefits. So, for example, solos are great for cho- showcasing your skills and your knowledge. It's just you, so you can you can show how much you know about a topic, and and uh, all the information you can provide and all the knowledge you can provide to your audience. So that's just you the interviews are probably when something goes beyond your area of expertise or you can have an expert but it's going to give you authority because it's going to show that you are connecting with other people in the industry or in the related industries and it's also going to help you to network with other people so you benefit not just in terms of what you're providing to your audience but also uh, like through the connections you're making so i will i will advise to do both and and to like intertwine them what we do is we publish one solo, one interview, one solo, one interview, and it's going to make it a lot easier. Also, uh, it, interviews are usually a little bit faster to create in terms of the recording, because when you record a solo episode, and this is something you mentioned a, while, uh, a few minutes ago, you need to do the research and you need to test your knowledge. And you're going to find out sometimes you have gaps in your knowledge and you have things you believe to be true but now like there are other perspectives that are like challenging your beliefs so you need to go through that re re like reconfigure your knowledge and learn a lot of new stuff and then prepare something so sometimes a 10 minute 20 minute episode might take four or five hours of research right and and i think to your point sometimes
1: (laughs) the 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 latter happens which is it I started with a 20-minute episode. I've got my bullet points. I've got, you know, specific areas that I want to cover. But then my mind starts going like, I want to talk more about that. And what I thought was going to be one episode ends up being three different episodes because to really go, like you said, in-depth into one area rather than sort of just talk in broad terms. And so I see that a lot with what what we do in lead generation, online Mm -hmm. lead generation. There's a lot of other sort of uh channels that feed into lead generation be it social media seo podcasting and to your point i decided that i would bring people on whether they're competitors or just Mm -hmm. within my industry because what we do like what you do is pretty specific so i can't do business with everyone and oftentimes a client can come to me and say, hey, I want to run ads. And I, I say, well, look, you're very thin on content on your website to begin with. And so if you're saying you want to create some SEO, run some ads, you first have to go create some content. Podcasting mm-hmm. might be an option, right? Yeah. Or video or creating blogs. There's lots of ways that you can go about that. And so what I found was for, for, for me was to your point, bringing on guests who can help businesses grow. And that's sort of the, the common theme with all my guests, right, is that they are either entrepreneurs or they're leaders in marketing, sales, customer service. And they're sort of in that vehicle that helps businesses grow. Right. And so I'm so glad that, you know, we've been able to talk about the podcasting side of things here. And definitely we'll put that into the show notes so that people can go to your website and find out more. Other, I saw a bunch of different uh, podcasts that you've created, so they can yeah. take a look at that there. But I want to shift gears, David, and talk a little bit about what you and I were chatting about earlier is two things, a being a dad, uh, in this case, a parent, and then also an entrepreneur. And the challenges a- as you sort of grow, right? There's a lot of pros, advantages. But some days there are challenges that are beyond your control and you have to be okay with it. So talk to me about you growing as an entrepreneur and trying to be a family man as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been challenging because I grew up with uh, an employee mindset. Uh, That's because my fathers grew up in a generation where it was okay and it was effective to go to university and graduate and then get a job and stay at that job for like all of their lives. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's what what was true in that moment. So I thought that to be true for myself, and like that happened to most of a generation. But then I had to to shift, like, from being an employee uh, I, when I was a teacher to being an entrepreneur. So it was a hard uh, mindset shift, and particularly when you're a dad, uh, you always look for security, uh, financial security, for yeah. example. That's very important, and usually that that stable job, quote unquote, stable job, uh, kind of gives you that and being an entrepreneur is like, it has a lot of ups and downs. So uh, there is a lot of stress involved. There's a lot of anxiety involved at the beginning uh, until eventually you get to um, to a stability point in terms of like finances. So that makes it easier. Um, and there is also the time thing because like I, I don't have vacations. I don't have holidays. I barely have like uh, Sundays off uh so like working with time and and like making time for your family and keeping that balance is very challenging for example the other day uh i had to plan like two weeks in advance or more and i was really stressed out i i took a day off so Mm -hmm. i could take my children for a trip during a whole weekend um and and like i was with them all the time but sometimes i just had to just go to a corner. Check my phone, check the email, check the uh, business uh, chat, and all this to make sure everything was running smoothly. So there are challenges, and it's a matter of learning how to balance things on the one side. And there is another thing, Alex, uh, that I, I think is not such a popular opinion, particularly in in uh, in the states where you have like this uh, grind mindset, mm. uh, like so that, that some gurus. Um, talk about so much, which is you can certainly make more money and you can certainly grow faster at the expense of what? At the expense. I could be working twice as hard, twice as many hours, making twice as much money. But I mean, will that allow me to go see my kids every afternoon? Will that allow me to go out with my kids for an ice cream or like, like interact with them and see them grow? Or like, because that, like that grind mindset is going to cause you just being a dad and seeing your kids in pajamas, like probably uh, two, three nights a a week before they go to bed. And that's it. So it's something that you, you learn to manage. uh, And it is what's, what success looks like for you. What does success look like for you? For me, success is managing my own time and being able to see my kids anytime I want, to take them for an ice cream I, i'm teaching my my uh, son my five-year-old son to to ride a bicycle and i can do it and i can easily get the time for that for me that's more valuable than making three times as much money as i'm making now
1: sure and i and i so identify with that david and and so do a lot of the entrepreneurs i talk to too and that's sort of i was talking to you about the the whole concept of the dadpreneur was that yeah. in that uh, i think it was 2000 in 1314 when my second one was born, my daughter uh, was working like 100 hours weeks, so you yes. know like what you're talking about the grind because my company was growing. Second year in business we had done over a million in revenue. I was like, wow, we are grown. We got like 30 employees. the office is growing. Um, but again, found myself working day and night and I yeah. took a step back and said no 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 no, no forget it.
0: <laughs> yes. we're
1: gonna we're gonna change this whole thing because I'm not gonna build a, this family and then not be able to spend time with them. So we've, we've done a lot of things to get to where we are, which I'm sure you have as well. And um, you get to a point where you, you can still grow financially and grow yes. personally, Yes, but put family first and always. So for me, and I tell this to entrepreneurs all the time. Yes, in the beginning, if you were starting out first stage entrepreneur, you're starting a new business today, you're probably gonna take, all the clients that come your way because you're trying to grow. You don't want to leave any opportunities on the table. However, as you start to grow and you become more of a force within your industry and you have clients, you come to a point where you can be more selective about the clients you take on. Because if if I have a client who comes to me and says, hey, I'm looking for you to have a team who works seven days a week, 24. That's not us. There's a bunch of agencies who do that. That's not us because I want my team to experience the same thing that I get to experience with my family, you know, absolutely. So it's the hybrid approach. No. And you don't control your full time because I tell my kids, my, my boss is my, they are my clients. Mm -hmm. And I, and yes, like you said, I could be out having ice cream with the kids. And if I have to pick up a call from a client, I don't see that as a burden. I see that as a privilege. No problem. Let me go pick up that call, come back to what I'm doing. So you try to balance that. What I find interesting is, and I don't know if you experienced this or not, David, whether it's family or friends who are not uh, um, their own boss, business yes. leaders, kind of like what you said earlier, being a, a, an employee mindset, which is nothing wrong with that, but they don't often understand you <laughs> walking and chewing gum at the same time in the sense of like you're out doing something with your family but then you have to stop and walk away for a half an hour and take that call and and do that they're going why do you do that why not just go here make x have that security so to speak and and then not worry about having all this weight on your shoulder right um because it is a lot of weight right on your shoulder both from the family and the business side but i find And i think it sounds a lot the same for you that having the the option to do with your time whatever you want to do is there's no value there's no number right yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, there's certainly been pressure uh from my family particularly from my dad oh (laughs) right yeah for my dad because he is very traditional he is very conservative in his way of thinking Uh, he's a teacher and he's been a teacher for all of his life. Now he's retired and, and, and he has this strong mindset. Like you go to university, you get a degree, and then you get to work at a single place for the rest of your life. This doesn't like, that doesn't work anymore. So like, even though I still run a business, uh, like I have, I have six people working with me. And I'm making more money than I used to make as an employee, and I'm working like I'm getting a lot more benefit in a lot of ways, like in, in like in terms of, for example, of time for my family, a flexibility, etc. He still tells me sometimes like Why don't you Why don't you get a the job? Why don't you get a <laughs> job?
1: Why well, because there's a, there's that prestige too, right? There is a if prestige. You're a, if you're in a bigger organization, yeah, then wow, you can move mountains, but if you're a small guy, yeah. you know, you're not going to make a big change in the world. But I think we're all different people and you have to do yeah. what makes you happy. And and I do find that often uh, I've, I've ran into entrepreneurs who did the entrepreneur thing two, three, four, five years. They failed and they said, forget it, I'm done, right? And I often think to myself, well, I failed a lot of times. Gosh, I mean, sometimes I start a business from here to the car. And then I go, Alex, focus on what we're doing. You know, (laughs) that's just the nature of an entrepreneur. But I failed at so many and I keep going and I keep going and I keep going. I've had two, three really great successes. Been very lucky, good people around me. But what I say to some of those entrepreneurs who are ready to give up is like, if you give up, you'll never find out. Right. And and it is the nature of business and entrepreneurship, all the great businesses. So even the universities. Oh Not, yeah, uh, I was every, about to
0: talk about that.
1: <laughs> every organization it took people with that sort of dedication and being relentless and failing a thousand times before they could get
0: it to a point where it was working and it yeah. could go on its own, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and going back to to the story of a, like going to a stable quote unquote stable job, uh, I I already went through that. And now that you mentioned universities, for example. I, I used to be a university teacher. I used to be a university professor. I was I was that for about three years. Wow. And you have an illusion of security, an illusion of stability, because the university will hire as many teachers as, as they get students. So at a, at a point, there was a shortage of new students. And a lot of us were laid off mm-hmm. just like that, because like the university couldn't afford like hiring teachers if they didn't have enough students. Uh, plus the contracts were not like a whole year where four months like I think it's the same in the United States or even in Canada, like that you, you don't you don't get a full year contract, you got a contract per semester, which is like four months and then another four months. Um, so it's not real it's not real stability there. There is no real stability. So sometimes it's better to have a higher risk, which appears to be a higher risk, but the returns are going to be much higher as well. But sometimes going for what seems to be the safe option actually will lead to a safer to is it's more more certainly going to lead you to uh be really stressed out about money because like contracts today are like not very nice right and, and and i
1: think yeah you can't talk about entrepreneurship um and career you know, and growing without talking about money, no matter where you are in the world, you know? And I definitely, when I was young, I had illusions of my God, I'm going to be on the cover of this magazine and I'm going to have like a hundred thousand employees going to have a big company. And then you find out that, yes, you know, I've had several companies that grew to as many as 50 employees. You don't necessarily make more money. You just have a lot more headache. Yes. Uh, And it didn't feel really good when you had more money because you didn't have actually time to enjoy that money. So you what I say to people is like, you have to find your sweet spot. If your sweet spot is five employees or 50 or 500, that's your sweet spot for somebody else. It's going to be different. But what I tell these entrepreneurs is when you start making money, when you get revenue and you get those profits and it's feeling good, don't go out and spend it. Right. Reinvest in a business. Yes. Make sure you have some security for you and your family and your business. And I can say that uh, COVID was the perfect example. I noticed that dozens of my clients on the predict of the company that we have, the companies that were conservative with their, with their money. Right. And they saved for that rainy day. They made it through. And even though they got PPP loans from the government and all of that, it, it gave them that runway, but the companies that had zero in the bank Mm -hmm. they couldn't make it through that and i and listen i made that mistake in a business i had 2005 through 2010 construction company by the time the the financial crisis hit the united states back in 08-09, i was so over leveraged that you know the bank's not going to lend you money anymore And so I got very close to having to file for bankruptcy and we chose not to instead, we chose to build back up. And I said at that time, like I will never put myself in that situation again. When I grow my business and it's making the millions, I'm going to make sure that I reinvest and I have that retained earnings. And even though it could be very um, tempting to go, yeah. just blow it on cool stuff. Yes. let let me live a life that it doesn't have to be so simple that you don't enjoy. Because for me and my family, we enjoy is really the experiences together.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: But that's all I tell the bit, you know the, the, the entrepreneurs. I say you start make, making money. Make sure that you have that security financially because yeah. otherwise it could be gone
0: in one second. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there is an next that is an aspect, Alex, that not many people talk about, which is like your emotional health. As an entrepreneur, because sometimes when we're going to get all these fancy and flashy stuff, like the nice car, the nice trip, the nice everything, what do we want to compensate for? Right. What do we want to make up for? Who do we want to uh, impress? Yeah. by doing those things yeah because usually it's just that like you want to get the lambo you want to get a trip to dubai <laughs> you're gonna who do you want to impress by doing this yeah who especially wanna- during these days with social media right everybody these days why do you need to post that on social media why do you need people to see you there yeah okay yeah i'm just saying like don't do it like if you want to buy a nice car like because you like nice cars go ahead and buy it for example it depends on a lot on what you value for example that's right i like Having a car, I don't value cars. For me, it's just a tool for uh, going from A to B. So uh, I bought a car recently and I didn't buy, I mean, I could have bought a nicer car, a bigger car, but I just bought the one that was like very cheap to maintain yeah, and that will give me like no problems and it will take none of my attention or time to to, to, like keep it running. Try to keep it like as simple as possible. So what do you value the most? Like what I value the most as a dad is my kids. So I bought a car. What I could take them for trips and like uh, take them to I don't know to to the pool or stuff like that, but that is not gonna take all uh, like it's not gonna make me work harder because I have to spend more money on gas and more money on the upkeep, upkeep and more money on the parts. It's just like keeping my life as simple as possible. Of course, uh, I, I I get like some uh, uh, nice things now and then, but I sure. do not spend all my money on that. Right, no,
1: absolutely. You have to reward yourself, reward your family, and and for us, like we love to travel. So if we splurge on something, it's usually travel, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not to post on social media or anything. It's just to yeah. have that experience together and eat at a nicer restaurant, stay at a nicer hotel, you know, and those things. But to your point, I one of my cars is a 2011 with 150,000 miles. Yeah, I I could have something much better. But yeah. that one works just fine. And so it's funny because I told my my son, who's 11, he's the oldest of my four. Uh, I said, probably by the time you drive, that's what you're going to be driving. He's like, yeah, oh, okay. So yeah, you know, you don't need something brand, brand new, you know? Yeah. And, and you're right. And then I don't, I don't criticize anybody for liking to have, you know, I know people like that in my life, friends, family who really valued the best of everything. I'm I say, congratulations. Yeah spend all your money there. My personal experience, cause I've been through it is when I spent it all on the best of everything. Yeah. That moment came that I really needed not a month, not six, but a couple of years to rebound. Boy, if you have a lot of weight on your shoulders and financial uh, yeah. um, uh, commitments, you can't turn to people and say, Hey, can you help me out now? Yeah. You know? Cause I, as a matter of fact, those people look at you and go, well, you were living pretty well. Yeah. What's going on. So, it's, it's all, I think a good part of the conversation to have here on the podcast about business, entrepreneurship, financial, and how all those pieces fit into just one picture. It's like a puzzle of your life. That's how I see it. Yeah. They're not separate. And so, well, before I let you go, David, uh, tell us how our, uh, listeners can find you, uh, LinkedIn online, where
0: should they go? Okay. Uh, You can find me uh, on my email at David at audiencecoach.com. And also you can find me, uh, well, if you are uh, willing to start a podcast or you already have a podcast or like you have plans to start one, you can go find some resources we have at audiencecoach.com slash resources. Uh, there, you're going to have uh, find a lot of stuff, including a contact form where you can contact me if you have any questions, doubts, or like if you just want to have a conversation. Uh, around creating a podcast there you're going to find me or also like get a lot of the resources we have over that uh page on that page
1: fantastic david well i really appreciate the time you spent with me today and i know that our uh listeners are going to find value in the advice that you gave so thank you my
0: pleasure alex that's it for the dadpreneur podcast with alex oliveira like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you have questions, email us at listener at dadpreneur.co. You may also visit dadpreneur.co for free resources.